joining us. And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torrezani. I'm so excited. Michael K is with us today on Emotional Support. This is going to be tons of fun of a conversation. If I cough, I'm sorry, I'm getting over a flu. So I sound, I usually sound like this, like the really like, you know, hardcore like voice, but this is like extended even more. So I apologize, Michael. I'm just giving you an extra sexy voice today. But Michael, welcome. How are you really doing today? I'm doing well. First of all, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited for this conversation. Um, And I can't wait to dive right into it. I know. So I got very excited because when your information was sent to me as a possible guest, I was thrilled because this podcast, I have not really dived really into single life, dating life, You know, when I started this, I was already in a very serious relationship. Then I got married, then I had a baby. And now I really want to provide and learn more for not only the audience, but for myself, for my past self, um, and just really dive into that. So you started working with OkCupid. How long have you been with OkCupid for? This summer will actually be four years. So I joined in the summer of 2019. Wow. So right before all the madness happened in the world. I got to be at a dating app for probably six to eight months of normalcy and then dealt with a global pandemic, Black Lives Matter movement, presidential election, stop Asian hate. The list goes on and on and on. What brings you to be like, you know what? This is what I want to get involved in and I want to help others. Yeah. So I actually worked on agency side for about five years prior. And I had the former CMO of OKCupid slide into my DMs one day, asked if I was interested in having a conversation. And surprisingly, dating apps had just not been on my radar as a company to, to work at. Sure. Even though I am a huge success story for dating apps, I... I'm currently dating the first guy I ever went on a date with from a dating app. Oh my God, And we are together this summer, nine years. Nine years. Wow. So you truly are a success story. You know, and let me tell you, I know a lot of success stories. One of my like dear friends, she met her husband on a dating app and they literally, it was the first date fell in love, got married, have three kids. Like this, this is such a true, true story. And I love that you're working for a company where you're like, look, this can happen. I am a proof example of true love being there. Oh my goodness. Wait, can we dive in a little bit into your love story of, of how this happened? Were you nervous to get on a dating app? Were you, you know, I feel like that's what I want to share with the audience is letting people know that it's not just like, hey, sign up for dating apps and you can just like sleep with whoever you want. I'm sure there were ones for that. That's great. But can you explain your kind of like love success story and what made it you think so successful beyond it being the love of your life? But I mean, what, what kind of tips and tricks you would give to someone who's actually looking for 
love and not just a quick hit, if you will. Say that nicely. Yeah. So I am 31. Okay. So I didn't actually hear about a dating app till a week or two after I had graduated college. So for me, when I was in college, it wasn't normal the way it is today. It's almost second nature yeah, for right? Gen Zers. But as a millennial, Tinder was the first dating app I ever heard of. And mm -hmm. this was around spring going into summer 2014. Okay. So I'm, I really wasn't dating when dating apps were the most popular way right. to meet people like we're seeing right. today. Right. And for anyone who's hesitant to go on a dating app, I think the first thing you need to do is think about what you're looking for mm -hmm. from a dating app. Sure. There's over a thousand dating apps out there. So there are always going to be options for you that's going to fit your needs. Right. There's not any dating app that is for every single person in the entire world. Yeah. But there are a lot of options for you. Mm -hmm. For us at OkCupid, we tend to see higher intent daters. Mm. So the people on our app are looking for more meaningful connections, long-term connections. Sure, there's going to people be people on OkCupid who are there for a hookup. Yeah, it's course. just not the majority. And we don't want to shame anyone. Right. Uh, we want to make sure that however you identify, whatever type of relationship you're looking for, whether that's closed or open, right. that you feel like this is a safe space for you mm -hmm. where you can find options. Right. Oh, I absolutely love that. And, you know, something that comes up a lot um, when people write into the show and and just with my story in general is, you know, I, I live with bipolar one disorder and it's something that I had hidden for so many years of my life because so many relationships that I was in, past relationships, um, they would use it against me. You know, if we would get in a fight, it would be like, well, you're crazy. And, you know, so then I learned, you know what, I'm not going to share this information just with anyone because I don't want this to be the reason why maybe there's a bad breakup or the reason why they leave me or the reason why, you know, not to play the victim, but I mean, in certain scenarios, in certain relationships, I I was, that was a, a tool that was used. So a lot of people have written me um, when we talk about dating and how I started to share with my husband was I had decided, you know what, I'm going to start dating again. And when I went on a date with him, the second sentence out of my mouth was, by the way, I live with bipolar disorder. Like you either deal with it or you don't. Like let, let's go from there. And I find... I was in a place in my life where I was confident enough to share my story because I didn't want it to be held against me in the future. So a lot of people write in and go, you know, how, how is it the right time? When is it the right time that you share these things? And it, mental health is something that's very, um, it's a hot topic right now. I feel like post-pandemic um, where people are way more open than they ever were. But it's something that I'm not familiar with because I'm not on the dating apps. You know, what is something, I guess, two things. How would you recommend someone approach bringing up mental illness in regards to their own like personal story on, on a dating app? 
And, you know, do you, and my other question is like, do you see people being more open about mental health openly on their public, you know, uh, profiles and their dating profiles? Do you see that more often? Yes. Those are amazing questions. And I, and I love them for, to tackle the first part of the question. I think the more we talk about all these challenges or issues or situations that we're all dealing with, the more normalized it's going to Mm -hmm. become. I have moments where I am super anxious. There's other moments where I'm super depressed and people tend to look at how happy I seem, how much I'm smiling all the time and think, oh, he's calm, cool, and collected all the time. But I have a lot of things that go on in this head. And I don't, historically, I don't talk about things. Mm. I internalize everything. And that's been a huge problem and something I've had to deal with over the past few years. And I'm learning more and more every year. And as soon as I started to talk about what was on my mind, that's when everyone around me started to say, oh my God, I feel that way too. Or I go through that as well. And it just makes me feel less alone, less isolated. And honestly, more, I hate this word, but more normal. Yeah. You know, feeling these ways. It, totally having these emotions, feeling these ways, we're all we're all dealing with it. Right. Um, on OKCupid, we actually use our product to help spark these types of conversations. Oh, we wow. understand that there are topics and conversations that are a little bit awkward or uncomfortable for people. Sure. So on our app, we use questions to match people we feel are most compatible. Mm. These questions serve as conversation starters. They serve as deal breakers and they help us show you people you have things in common with. Okay. So obviously we have questions related to dating relationships and sex, but we also have conversations related to everything that Gen Z and millennials are talking about. So some of our questions include, how do you feel about discussing mental health with your partner is mental health as important as physical health? Would you, are you open to couples therapy? Do you go to therapy? So we want people to be having these conversations and we want them to feel comfortable to put these things into their profile, to write about this on their summary because it's it's part of who you are. Right. And for anyone who's a little bit hesitant or nervous to do so, I totally understand. Yeah. But I do want to share that this is becoming more normalized. We are talking about it on mm-hmm. OkCupid. We're seeing that discussions around mental health are a huge turn on. And that's been really nice to see. And for anyone who's listening, they might say, oh, well, you know, he's just saying that, but I have data to back it up. So we're right. seeing that being vulnerable is one of the most attractive thing to singles right now. More than nine in 10 daters on OkCupid said they are sensitive. And this honesty is really paying off especially when it comes to men who historically are a demographic that tends to shy away from these types of conversations. Last year, men who said they were sensitive on OkCupid got 107% more likes and 87% more matches. And they had 113% more conversations than men who aren't sensitive or don't admit to be sensitive. And when it comes to mental health, these aren't small, you know, I'm throwing out a lot of numbers and percentages. Mm-hmm. These aren't really small sample sizes. Almost two of almost 2 million respondents on OkCupid, um, 
nearly all of them said they believe mental health is just as important to as physical health to them. And we're seeing increases in people mentioning mental health and therapy on OkCupid profiles last year compared to the year prior. And this is one trend that I'm, I'm absolutely loving. And we're really seeing the youngest daters driving. Oh, I, I love that so much. I, I, cause you know, look, we've all been through so much. And I think that that's one thing that we can all take from, you know, this world catastrophe that we all went through is we all had to deal with our own mental health. I mean, whether you have an actual mental illness or you are literally just dealing with your mental health and trying to, you know, create self-care and and take care of yourself, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, and I think that that's so great that people are becoming so open and honest. And you know what? It is sexy to be vulnerable. It's the sexiest. It's It's sexy to hear someone not want to close down on their emotions. You know, I, I want to feel like, that to me was the hottest thing about my husband was it was like, he was like, and what's not a big deal. Like, let's talk about my issues. Like, let's go through it, you know? And, and people are so open about therapy as well now. So if you can bring therapists and it, it's just, I, it just makes me feel so great. So this is a, this is a trend and there's numbers to back it up. That's so wild. Yeah. And, and what we're seeing is that people are not just interested in their own self-care. Yeah. They want to have these conversations with a partner. They don't want this to be an isolated experience. When we ask people, how do you feel about discussing mental health with your partner? 73% of respondents said it's super important. Mm. I'm definitely open to it and I definitely want to do it. 20% said, I understand, and this is this is a cohort that I was really proud of. They said, I understand it's super important, but it's going to take me a little bit of time. And I just want my partner to recognize that. Yeah. 5% said, it's not super important to me, but if it is important to my partner, I'm totally down. Only 1% of people said, it's not really my thing and I don't want to be doing it. Wow. That 1%, it's like, come on guys, get it together. <laughs> yeah. You'll change. You'll change eventually. Trust me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. And what is something that you would say like, oh, you know, uh, this is something that I dealt with. I I'm very outgoing person. I'll say when it comes to friends and it comes to strangers, but when it comes to dating, I am a nervous, nervous wreck. Now I'm married now, but I was just shaking in my boots. And no one would believe that because I am such an outgoing person and I'm so just like in your face and touchy-feely and lovey. But when it comes to actually dating and going on a physical date, I like want to throw up before it happens. So what is something that you would recommend to people or something that you've heard from other people who have been, you know, on OkCupid to kind of calm yourself and get yourself ready for that first date, like kind of nervous, like, you know, the jitters, like what do you, what, what, what would you do? What worked for you? Yeah. So I feel like one, we're the same person. Okay. <laughs> and two, I would just encourage everyone to remind themselves that as nervous as you are, the other person is probably just as nervous. So true. And 
I feel like two nervous people just cancel it out and no one should be nervous. I was super nervous going to my first date. I remember my hand sweating. I'm super awkward. Everyone forgets because I tend to be very outgoing that when I first meet someone, I'm very quiet. I need to feel comfortable within my surroundings. Mm -hmm. It takes me a minute, but I would just remind yourself that it's not that serious. Mm -hmm. It's just a date. If it goes great, there'll be a second date. And if it doesn't, you move on. It's an experience right. and it's a quick one and you just keep it moving. It's, it's, I feel like we put too much pressure on dating and finding a relationship and that's what's tri- tripping people up the most. Right, right. And with OkCupid, you know, you're not just a, a, you know, like straight app. You have every in between, which I have to say, I think is so phenomenal. And I know that there are, you know, other apps that, you know, I'm not going to talk about, but I mean, that are specific for certain things. But I just, I love how open you are and how wonderful you are. And what do you find in the LGBTQIA plus community? Like really what people are looking for in the dating, in the dating world, you know, that maybe OkCupid can offer that other people can't offer that. So that's more, um, more, more serious and more real. I think what's great about Okay, Cupid, and why we tend to see so many people coming to our app is that we really do create a space that feels to the best of our ability. We're still learning, we're still innovating, sure. but that feels super accepting and welcoming and safe it. for everyone. We have been inclusive since the beginning of time. Yeah. We don't wait till something's trending on Twitter to yeah. react to something. We've been around for two that since 2004. Wow. I'm going back to our questions for a moment. We have questions on the app that are only for queer people. Okay. So, so any straight users will not see those questions because we understand that queer people, when they're dating, have different things that are top of mind for them than straight people. And that's okay. But we want to give them the tools to date how they want to date. Yeah. Even within that community, there are questions only gay pers- people will see. Right. or bisexual people will see because we understand that we can't take a one size fits all approach to yeah. LGBTQIA plus people. And a few months ago, I was looking at our questions and I was just playing devil's advocate. I just wanted to see, you yeah. know, since I've been here, it's been a super yeah. inclusive brand. We work with GLAD, we work with the human rights mm-hmm. campaign, but I wanted to see when was the first time OkCupid added a question that was specifically for a queer person, not a straight person. That was in 2004, wow. the year we launched. So this has been since the beginning. core to who we are. And we were the first one to expand gender and orientation options for people. We now have over 60 identities for people to choose from. We just expanded them again last two years ago um, in partnership with the Human Rights Campaign. But we're always listening to our users as well. So for years, I thought, wow, it's so amazing. We have all these identities. Mm-hmm. There's no way that if you come to OkCupid, there isn't something that you can use to identify yourself with. But what we started to hear from users, specifically non-binary and transgender users were, hey, we love these identities, mm-hmm. but here's an issue. We're being matched with people who don't understand my identity. Oh, and wow. we thought, wow, wow should we put the onus on users 
to have to explain their identity to every single person they talk to on OkCupid? Right. Or can we make this experience better for them? And we tapped the human rights campaign and we actually got all our product people to work on actually defining every single term in our app. So now when you're seeing these identity options, there's a clickable button where you can see what these terms mean to people. Wow, that's so fabulous. So it better educates all our users and it creates a better experience for queer people. And we've done several other things. Like we were the first ones to introduce a pronouns feature. And we also opened that feature to straight users because we thought this is being adopted really well by queer yeah. users, but we need straight people to help normalize the use of pronouns. Yes. So yes. we're always listening to people. We're keeping a pulse on what's happening on in culture and society. And I love how passionate the people are at OkCupid to create a space that fits everyone to mm -hmm. the best of our ability. No, I think that's really amazing. And look here, at the end of the day, when it comes to the internet and when it comes to dating and when it comes to anywhere in this world, as far as I'm concerned, you cannot guarantee an in quote, out of quote, safe space, right? It's just, mm -hmm. it just doesn't exist. I even, I even talk about it like on the podcast, like I, I can create a trusted space you know, and I can create as much of a safe space because I'm in control of it. But when something is out of your control, then it's all, it's, you know, it's to the universe. It's, it is what it is, unfortunately. But what you are doing is you're creating as much of a safe, trusted environment as you possibly can. And I think that that's what's so important because even, let me tell you, there was a moment before I met my husband that, and I never even talked about this before, but where I was on Tinder and I was a, a beta tester on another uh, dating app called Raya, um, which is, a, it was really weird because it was hilarious. It was like 60 guys and 60 girls were beta testers. And I think I knew 58 of them, um, <laughs> of the guys. And it was, even at that, like there was a moment, I was on it for maybe two weeks. And I was like, I'm kind of scared. Like I didn't feel like I was in a safe space as a girl. Cause I'm like, is this really a dude that I'm going to go meet up with? Like, am I going to really trust that this person's okay? And so it's so nice to know that at your company, you guys are so invested in making sure that everything is just as clean and beautiful as possible and safe and, and trusted as it possibly can. And that you're really invested in the people behind it. It's not just a numbers game to you. Like this, Sounds like an advertisement. It's not an advertisement. I just think that it's so great. And I just want to provide my audience with a great dating place that they can feel like at home and feel comfortable that they don't have to answer all the questions that that's so wonderful. Like I, there's so many, you know, definitions of, of how people identify now that even I'm learning on a daily basis. And I, and and it's so hard to keep up because I feel like an old lady now at 35 years old. But I'm trying so hard. And to know that you're making it so accessible and so easy, that's so wonderful. I wish so many other companies did that. I, I truly do. And, you know, I think what's great is that we recognize we're not the experts. Yeah. We're going to make mistakes. Sure. We're not going to get it right all the time. For us, though, 
it's important to bring in the people who are actually doing the incredible work for all these communities, which is why we've partnered with and worked with GLAAD, the Human Rights Campaign, Planned Parenthood, the ACLU, NAACP. You know, there's so many incredible organizations that have really helped us Mm -hmm. build a product and innovate a product that's, you know, there's a reason we've been around for almost 20 years and it's because we adapt and cater to the next generation over and over again. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. And beyond being vulnerable with your mental health and your, your, you know, self-care, what is another kind of, you know, good tip that you would give someone who's maybe a little nervous to, you know, jump into the dating game online, or maybe someone that's been on the dating game for a long time and is like, it's just not happening. Is there something that you've seen that someone can do besides just being vulnerable in themselves that that maybe is a, an extra little bonus, you know, hit that can make them stand out? Absolutely. There's there's a few things. First, I just want to give a quick nod to your mindset. If you're not in a positive mindset to be dating right mm-hmm. now, don't date. That's okay. Take a break. These apps are not going anywhere. We're going to be around for so long, I promise you. So if you're like, oh, this feels like a chore. I don't want to be doing this right now. Take a break. Delete the app or come back to it another time. That's okay. When you're on the app, if you're like, you know, I really want a relationship or I really want to date or I'm looking for a third, whatever you're looking for, your profile is where you want to spend the most of your time in Mm -hmm. the beginning. So ask your friends for help. We're always asking our friends about what photo to post? What should this caption be on Instagram? So why not ask them for help building your dating profile? They honestly probably know you better than you know yourself. Mm -hmm. The second thing, and this is a mistake I see all the time, you have to be positive with Mm -hmm. everything you're writing in your profile prompts or your summary, the biggest turnoff is seeing someone say swipe left if or any phrases like that. And we actually see that those profiles perform um, less well than others. So instead of focusing on your deal breakers, I tell people to highlight their deal makers. So why do you want to swipe right on someone? Why do you want someone to swipe right on you? Those are things you should be, you know, really shining a light on. It'd be weird if you said, you know, it's it's all about reframing. So I wouldn't ever say, I could never date someone who doesn't read books. I would love to date someone who does read books. Right. It's not about changing what that checklist is for you. It's just reframing how you're sharing that with the world. And then on that point of checklist, when, you know, you're thinking about your perfect partner or your perfect relationship, which by the way, perfect, either of those does not exist. Does not exist. (laughs) But not at all. Um, I recommend that people break their checklist into must-haves and nice-to-haves. I love Harry Potter. I love The Real Housewives. I love Taylor Swift. My boyfriend is not a fan of those things. That's okay. We're good. I love iced coffee. He's never drank coffee. We're okay. Yeah. But where we align are on those must-haves. Mm-hmm. I want a family. That's a big deal to me. Him too. I want a house. Things like that. Sure. So you don't, I tell people all the time, I could never date 
a carbon copy of myself. And I don't think people should look for that. And sometimes that's a problem that I'm seeing with daters is that they want people to check every single box or they want someone who has every single interest that's the same as as them. Yeah, and I think that that's when it gets really tricky, right? Like, I mean, I we would be soulmates because I am a Real Housewives gal and a Vanderpump Rules gal. I don't know if you're a Vanderpump Rules one, but um, that's my like. Yes, that is my number one. Okay, can't live without it. When I was sick over the week, I just started back on season one and really took my time going through. Um, but that was an emotional roller coaster on its own. Uh, but you know, I I think it's so true. Like. I look at my husband and I, and we are so different, but we do have, we align on the same things of we wanted a family, you know, he didn't know what that exactly meant. And I didn't know what exactly that meant, but we knew, you know, that was something that we wanted, that we wanted to grow into that. Um, you know, certain things about how we want to raise, you know, a child, like, you know, little things like that. But, you know, he's like, I, I like books, but he like is obsessed with books and is an avid reader and was like, wants a library. And I'm like, give me the 85 inch TV. You know what I mean? And I was like, how could I ever, you know, be with someone that doesn't, you know, enjoy X, Y, and Z television shows. And it's like, oh, like it works. You know what I mean? And and I never would have, um, I, I never would have thought that it would have worked. And I think that that was my problem is I was always looking for someone with the same similarities as me. And that's not fun because even if you look at your friends, yes, your friends have the same interests as you, but at the same time, we're all different individual people and you have to remember that. And I think another thing that I've seen a lot of friends have given me advice with, even with, when I was, you know, first dating, like when I really was on a serious journey of finding someone, it was like, don't expect the perfect specimen of a perfect person. Now to me, he's my perfect person. But it's not like the checklist of the, the, you know, Brad Pitt, neuroscientist, you know, won all the awards. You know, you have to take a moment and be like, look at yourself. Are you perfect? You know, no, not at all. So why would you want that to? You know what I mean? And I think it's the expectations versus reality that we really have to remember. Another thing that I want to know what would you recommend like for pictures? Because my aunt made my dating profile when I was when I was on it. And it was like the best dating profile I ever had. Honestly, I like I was the best because it was like fun <laughs> pictures of me and it was like a fun song that went along with it. And like she put funny things on there. And that was my personality, you know? And I think that people look at, you know, we have these issues, right? Where Instagram is not real. Okay. And we and I see this in my mom world right now where everything is like the perfect mom, not going through everything, the perfect baby, everything's great. No one talks about the hardships behind it, right? And it's the same thing with dating, right? You know, we see these perfect pictures and, oh, it's the guy on a motorcycle in front of a beach and everything looks so great. What would you recommend for someone to post for just pictures in general? Like, maybe not the most perfect images. So we get real and we're honest with one another. So people don't, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? Everything that you put on your profile should serve a purpose. It okay, should spark I like that. a conversation. So with your photos, 
no one cares about your selfies that are all the same position. You know, save that for Instagram stories. If you look at my Instagram, my stories are all selfies. So I'm here for the selfie. I'm not selfie bashing, but that is not the photo you use for a dating app. So on your dating app profile, your photos need to be something that someone can respond to. So if I was making a dating profile today, which I'm not because my boyfriend would kill me, (laughs) I would upload a photo of me at the Taylor Swift concert after I go in a few weeks. I would upload a photo of me running in Central Park or at SoulCycle or on vacation Mm. or hanging out with friends because that tells someone who I am, what I'm interested in, and they can then reach out to me and say, what's your favorite Taylor era? What's your Mm. favorite album? What's your favorite song? Where do you love to run? Have you ever done a half marathon? Have you done a marathon? Oh my God, who's your favorite instructor at SoulCycle? Or what bars do you and your friends go to? People really need help with that opening message. So make it easier for them. It's a, I think it's a win-win. You get to show people your interests, what excites you, how you have fun, a little bit more about your personality. But then it also helps the people who are seeing your profile know how to come up with an opening message that isn't, hey, hi, hello, you up. Sure. Right, right. Not the basic. And you know what? It's so funny that you say that because even when I had the dating profile, like I remember there was a picture of me at Hello Kitty Comic Con. Um, and because I'm obsessed with Hello Kitty. And then I had one at Universal because I love the minions. And one at Disneyland because I'm a Disneyland freak. And you're right. Like... It's it's creating a it's creating something. And I remember when the when the dudes would reach out to me, it would be like, oh my god, I was are, are you obsessed with Hello Kitty? Like, I secretly am like an anime. You know what I mean? Or I'm a Disney adult too. You know, and and it was an easy way to start a conversation, right? Because it's not just like, hey, you look hot. You know, like what's up? You know. And I think you're right. That's a great, great, great. You know, um, tip to kind of spark interest and be different, you know, and not just be the same in every photo. Because think about it, you probably see so many of the same photos. And, you know, you could be the hottest person in the world, but it could be so boring just to see just like the selfie photo. Like, and trust me, I'm very guilty of it. I, my whole feed is all selfies. Um, but it does get it does get boring after a while. You're like, okay, what's something different? And what's something new? Oh my gosh, I love this. Is there anything else that you can tell me from OkCupid that you want to share with with my audience? I'll do one better. I'll give a tip that works for any dating app. Okay. And trust me, this is coming from an insider. I'm here to help all of you. Two things. You definitely want to be logging in every day. You want to be active. That doesn't mean you have to be active for six hours straight. But check your messages, match with a few people. But if you're going to spend the most time on a dating app, you want that to be Sunday afternoon and Sunday evening. Why? That's when, that's the highest rate of logins every single week throughout the entire year. Most people are spending most of their time on dating apps on Sunday afternoons and evenings. So the chances of you getting a match and a message increase significantly. And this goes for all apps. So something you definitely want to do, whether you're on OkCupid or Hinge or Tinder, whatever your app of choice is. The second tip, and I thought this is 
fascinating when I joined OkCupid. You want to change some of your profile prompts every few weeks. Mm. It sounds like a lot, but it's only once a month. So change one of your prompts and add a new photo and delete a new photo. Mm. The reason why is the app is going to see all this activity happening on your profile and it's going to get confused and it's going to say, oh, this person is a new user. Let's show them to a lot of people. So it's going to boost your chances of seeing more people, meeting more people. And those are like my two secret tricks that I love to That's share. That's a with really friends. good trick. And talk about the Sunday scaries. I mean, like, oh my gosh, like you're just on there. I would be just like, oh, you, thank God I'm not single right now because I would be on there on every <laughs> Sunday being like, let's go, get me to the top, get me to the top. How fascinating though I had no idea and that's so cool that that's for every app too and I love that and I think it's so true I'm someone that even just in life I I truly believe in refreshing like once a month like everything in my life because I just feel like it's a good even if you didn't even tell me that algorithmically like that's what it like changed I would say for yourself like it just gives you like a boost up of like, oh, let's freshen mm-hmm. something up. It hasn't worked this month. Like, let's see what I can do. Maybe a little bit can change and, and um, you know, just get get me feeling good, you know? And I think that's the most important thing is make sure that when you're creating your profile, it's who you want to be. You want to portray yourself as the as your real, genuine, honest self. Because that's the kind of relationship you want to be in. And you want to be with someone who loves you. You know, I always say this. I don't know if you ever watched the comeback with Lisa Kudrow, but I always quote it. And I'm always like, you got to love yourself warts and all, you know. And I think that you got to find someone to love you warts and all, you know. And be honest and be open. And take it from me and maybe take it from you. I was open and honest from the beginning with my dating situation with my husband. And here I am now. And I'm not saying that. You're going to find, you know, your your life partner as the next person you meet. But have fun. Life is short. Enjoy it, you know. It's always going to be a great story. Even if it's a terrible date, it's going to be a great story that you can laugh about. Maybe you can make a movie about it. Maybe you can write a book about it or a blog post. You can have a good time with it. Um, Michael, I'm going to ask you my final question that I ask everyone on the show. Um, what is your emotional support? My emotional support is my boyfriend, my parents, and my soul cycle classes. My soul cycle classes have become my form of therapy where it's a moment every day. I'm actually going twice today. Oh my gosh, you are amazing. I'm addicted. I'm so hooked on it. Um, I went this morning, I'm going tonight, but it's a moment for me to just unplug Mm. and focus on myself and doing something for myself by myself. And I love that. Oh, I think that's so important. And, you know, if you're someone that's, you know, very active, I would always talk about that on an app too, because I'm not someone that's active. And I remember, you know, having guys talk to me and I'm like, I'm sorry, we're never going to, this is, this is crazy. Like I'm not an active person. (laughs) That's my advice. Well, Michael, thank you so much for coming on Emotional Support. I had such a great time. 